Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG podcast. Uh, I am your one of your co-hosts, Trevor Cuba, aka Kikita Onimaru. I am joined here by my co-host. I'm Zar Agus, also known as the guy with actually good internet connection. Oh, we're assuming it's my internet and not yours. What a what a bold p- proposition, my friend. <laughs> hey, I'm the one that's enjoying, uh, what is it, 60-degree uh, weather. The sky's a little cloudy, but I still see green on the leaves, and um, there's no uh, white stuff on my lawn. Well, you're looking at a guy who has to shovel snow for a living and in one weekend manages to make uh, three times his normal pay in one weekend. So... Congratulations. So, see, snow doesn't suck. I'm, I'm pretty sure you make more in a year or in a day than I make an entire year. So, whatever. You can't prove it. <laughs> Show your pay stub. <laughs> you can't prove it. And you can't make me. All right. So, weird audio issues aside, if there is weird audio drops throughout this episode, well, CBAS will edit those out. But if we suddenly shift to a different topic and tone, uh, we had audio screwery. So, that's what happened there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's, there's no we, it's you. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> I guess it's me. You know, the tsunami hit the crane clans. We just quite, can't quite get the Wi Fi up to where it used to be, you know? Right? It's uh, the router's waterlogged, and you tried drying it out. You p- tried putting it in a bag of rice. Nothing's working, got, so you may have to just take it back to the Apple store. We've got Nazumi chewing on our power <laughs> cables. It's a nightmare over here. It's crazy. <laughs> right. So, anyway. So, upcoming events. Uh, we have, uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, SAR should be on his way to LVO, or actually, you should be in the I'll be in LVO. I'll be, um, I'll probably, by the time you're listening to this, I'll probably be uh, administering the team tournament already. Yeah. So, uh, that should be in full swing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then we got the next day on tomorrow. When you're listening to this tomorrow, hopefully it will be day one of the Grand Championship. We will be having that on Lotus Pavilion, so you can follow along at home. Um, and then on Sunday, we're going to have day two of the Grand Championship, and as well as draft. Sounds like a busy weekend, and there's a lot of excitement going out there. Uh, people going out there to test <clears throat> out the meta. Um, so it's going to be one of the yeah. quickest meta uh, checks that we've had in a while. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be the Wild West because, I mean, this is going to be the first quote-unquote major tournament with all packs that's been released so far legal, mm-hmm. right? It's also going to be the first uh, major tournament with the um, unless we're counting the one in Chile, which, uh, okay. there it, It's a real weird uh, it's a real weird uh, meta in Chile. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh, this is going to be the first U.S. Um, meta with the with the banned list, with the banned and new restricted list and errata. So we'll see how Kiyonosao performs. We'll also see how the um, if if Scorpion got hit as bad as the as everyone's saying they got hit. Uh, if you look at spoiler alert, if you look at the Chile result, they did not get hit hard at all. Mm. I'll keep I'll try to keep you guys updated throughout the weekend. Uh, on Facebook or on Discord, but uh, just uh, know that I'll be running the whole thing all by myself with absolutely no help. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, how put upon we are. What a, what a heavy burden we carry for this community. <laughs> is there, yeah, is there... no, it's just like I could. I, the thing is, I couldn't in good conscience ask anyone else to help me because the price support was kind of meh for uh, TOs and there was no pay. You, whoever was going to help me was going to have to f- make their way to Vegas on their own, find their own lodging, and do the work basically for no pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, 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 me and Max gave heavy consideration to roll out there, and if I was, I was going to help you if I went out there. However, I am snowed in here in Michigan and pushing buckets of money around. So there you go. There you go. All right. Well, uh, next uh, we got Fort Worth. The next upcoming event, major upcoming event, is going to be Fort Worth uh, Cote. That's going to be on February 6th, 7th. It's actually going to be the 7th, 8th, and 9th, not the 6th. Um, 
because the six is really going to be key forge. They're going to need that whole the whole area for key forge. Uh, but and honestly, no one's going to be no one from our game is going to be there on the six anyway. Yeah, the dates I have here are listed on the Fantasy Flight Alphavar page of upcoming Kotai events, and they're the ones who posted six through nine. So don't listen I, to that. Are you implying, are you, sir? Are you implying that the Fantasy Flight website has incorrect information and is somewhat unreliable? I refuse to hear such slanderous lies. And you're surprised by this? How? <laughs> That's actually something we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about uh, a little <laughs> later tonight. Uh, but um, let's see. Other than uh, Fort Worth, Texas, we've also got uh, Adepticon uh, coming in Schaumburg, Illinois, on March twenty fifth through the thirtieth, or I don't know, maybe it's the twenty seventh through the thirtieth. It's not gonna be five days of L five R. That's for darn sure. It's not gonna be five days of L five R. It's probably it's more likely just gonna be the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, with Friday being the side event day. Uh, this is one of the air quotes dreaded um, convention based uh, Kotai, but Adepticon is a very large gaming convention, which tends to be easier uh, for events like this to get into, unlike the anime mm -hmm. uh, conventions that we've tried to do in this thing before. So, and I think Adepticon had a decent turnout last year. Uh, so, oh, yeah. somewhere about 40, 50 people. I'm just pulling that number right out of my behind because so, I have no idea. What yes. <laughs> also, uh, remember Lion won Adept uh, an Adapticon Kote last year. Okay, so, so, so Adapticon is just a garbage knows? meta then. So everyone just <laughs> strike that one right off your calendars. <laughs> Wacky things happen right, in Schomburg. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, also uh, rumor alert, rumor mail alert. Clan War is rumored to be released on the 7th of February. So that's going to be right in the middle of the Fort Worth Cote. And uh, if it is released right then and there, no, it's not going to be legal. Okay. And yeah. Well, hopefully that gets out there. And keep it, that's a rumor, so don't hold us to that. But uh, we'll still see. So keep it up. Kind of see if I just released an article that we're going to be talking about later today. Um, concerning Clan War, and it did not give a date on that uh, article about when it's coming out. So, it's no, still... um, the rumor I heard it from is from uh, from several local stores and uh, who got the release got the date for, off of Alliance's website or ordering system or whatever. Okay, Alliance tends to be more accurate, not a hundred percent, but more accurate. But uh, I do think Fantasy Flight is probably going back to their old way of doing things, which is never say in a, uh, a release date because they cannot hit release dates to save their lives. Huh. Well, you know, trade embargoes, yeah. tsunamis and crane lands. Mm -hmm. What can you expect? Let's see. And kind of a in-between of uh, event dates and our upcoming news, we just mentioned uh, Chile. So Chile, I believe that's how it's pronounced, just had yes, a Chile. grand championship uh, which I was surprised because, you know, part of our job here is to be aware of the events going on. I haven't been able to find information about this Kotai at all. I didn't know it was coming up. Uh, I didn't know that it had happened until uh, I got some salty pictures online from the from the finals of it. And I couldn't find any conversation. You guys were just making you and Thomas were making fun of me last week for not knowing about the grand championship um uh discord chat room that we have on the l5r discord uh there's no mention there was no conversations about it at all <laughs> no not at all so this one kind of was kind of blindsided everyone so um it's a really interesting meta okay so do we do we want to just go top eight or do we want to go extend it down to top sixteen? Oh, we only needed uh, just very <laughs> briefly to the the top qualifiers. Okay, because um, the only time uh, top sixteen had two cranes in it at number fourteen and sixteen. Uh, uh, but top eight, uh, let's see, we got unicorn at eighth, then we got scorpion in seventh, fifth, third, second, and first. We have dragon at sixth, and we have phoenix at fourth. So um, we do. I do have, um, I do have the deck list for the second place winner, and um, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if this is indicative of what every Scorpion player was playing at the 
at um, this is with the meta deck mm. of the of the uh, Scorpion players at uh, at the Grand Championship, but that uh, that deck is Steve Palumbo's deck. Okay, that second place deck is Steve Palumbo's deck. It's not. I, I recognize that deck. It has one ofs contingency plan. It has one of Kareko. It has one ofs of a lot of cards. Uh, it's running display of power as well as all and nothing. And absolutely, I recognize it immediately when I saw all those one ups. It's Steve Palumbo's deck. Yeah, uh, maybe some changes you, to it. You sent me this deck list but, yeah. uh, earlier today. I took a look at it. Um, it's a bit off from what traditional Scorpion does. Normal Scorpion, air quotes. Uh, they tend their victory condition is uh, throw a lot of make sure all your characters are dishonored. So as they leave play, you're just losing progressive honor on top of their stronghold and on top of a few other cards to you know ping you honor here and there, and you just end up running out the clock that way. Um, this Palumbo build seems to be using um, things like all or nothing to uh, focus on the air ring. So it's almost a oh, hyper yeah. uh, dishonor deck of because most the, the the game of when you're choosing values for which ring to choose, even if you have a um, dishonor or even the nascent honor deck, or if you're up against those ones, it is still more valuable, generally speaking, to first go air, then go void, and then kind of play it depending on what the board state is, just because card advantage is so strong. Uh, fading characters and getting fate off of characters is so strong that even when you're in this, like, uh, race to honor or dishonor, uh, you still, like, ignore the honor ring for the most part just because of the value of those two other rings. Right. No, um, basically, I the way that this deck wants to play is it just... It, and, and this is kind of like one of those decks where it just kind of like works around the tower decks. So normally Scorpion tries to like, you know, dishonor as many people as you can. But with uh, Unicorn running Ichiro in their uh, in their tower decks now, in their Unitron decks, it's kind of hard to hmm. dishonor something with it. It's kind of hard to dishonor people because Ichiro exists. Um, hmm. So now you're, you can't dishonor people. So you've got to find another way to, um, to to ping the honor. And all and nothing is actually a really good way to do that. Not only does it, 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 one thing is you faint the void ring, win or lose, and uh, if you win, great, you uh, you get the void ring and uh, you resolve air with it, and then you draw a card to replace all and nothing. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's it's one of those things. Um, contingency plan. I've seen it. I've I've lost to contingency plan. <laughs> um, it's just that nutty. Yep. Uh, let's see here. He's got this. This deck is also running Maze of Illusion, which uh, I mean. It's just also just nutty. Plumbo's always liked Maze of Illusion. I, I think he, he he may have even like lost as many games as he's won on the back of that card. But, uh, well, he, to be fair, he doesn't put all his eggs in the Maze of Illusion basket. But uh, it's a real cute um, <laughs> mess you up card when you're, you know, flip a coin, <laughs> either win big or go well, home. The thing with Maze of Illusion is it also turns on I Can Swim. And if you have I Can Swim, I mean, and you just need to get rid of a tower... Mm. Right, that works. Yeah. Uh, the I Can Swim and other composure-like effects has always been the strongest aspect of that card. Win or lose the actual coin flip. Uh, while we're talking right. about Chile and the meta, um, I don't often talk about what's going on in other podcasts, but I, I would be remiss to point out, like, last week, uh, we had Thomas on talking about the sorry state of Lion. And then a few hours later, uh, the J Throne had a podcast where they were discussing uh, what the current meta is. And, you know, the J-Thunder tend to be very high-level, high-skilled players. They go into their little private chat rooms and grind out a bunch of games and figure out what the like top-tier meta, in their opinion, is going to be. Um, and their estimation, not only is Unicorn doing really well, but second to that, Lion is doing pretty good. Um, now, as I just pointed out, those caveats, that that tech, those deck building options might be so new and so um, untested that maybe Chile uh, was not aware of them. I don't know how many people at that tournament were rocking <clears throat> those sorts of builds. Um, that said, my understanding, like the Unicorn build, from what I can tell, it's on the back of Fanuc Faman and what's the, in service of my lore, to get a lot of uh, unbow. So you build a tower you move them into a conflict with either a favored mount or the unicorn's movement box, and then unbow them a bunch. And then it's just a never-ending, you know, tower effect. 
lion. Yes, but I'm uh, less scared of. Here's the. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you, you really should be less scared of Lion because um, the thing that makes uh, Unicorn great uh, with that deck is their movement tech. Mm. You don't have the same movement tech in, Unic- in in Lion, and they're having to splash a whole lot of Unicorn cards uh, to, to make up for the uh, for the lack of movement tech. They have to do things. They have to splash things like Barcha and uh, Favored Mount, and they have to give up cards like uh, Spyglass or Spoils of War, which is the card draw, which is like kind of big to help against the dishonor game. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what I just, so people know uh, that we don't have our heads completely up our butts around here. I was fairly aware of what people were testing online. I haven't quite seen the new, this new unicorn build in full, all its glory. Mm-hmm. I have seen various versions of the lion tower deck. And, you know, admittedly I always have my very biased crane, um, opinion of it uh i haven't had that much issue against that deck just because as we we're talking about like it, the line version is borrowing so much for unicorn that it becomes these very small linchpins so if you save up your let goes get rid of their favored mount or their barcha uh then it's really hard to move that tower in and out and then you're still in a situation of well they might take one of your provinces but you're going to crack back two of them and they're, you're going to win against them before they have too much effort to go against it or you can even if you have extra attachment hate whether you're mia mystics or uh for crane a steam tea house you just keep picking up the tools that they need and throwing it back at them there's not a whole lot they can do about it uh it's not necessarily like the easiest matchup you i do have to think about it more than i've thought about lion in a while and stuff still not an issue though the unicorn version much easier Mm. much meaner because they have tons of movement options and they only need a couple of pieces from lion to really turn that thing on well, here's the other thing. The, here's the other thing that the Unicorn has. It can... Unicorn has an easier time swarming the board right now, mm. right? Uh, because Gunzo exists. Sure. Uh, you, I guess you can say... And also the thing with that is uh, you also have now extra bodies to send to start a conflict. So you can send a body in, mm. you know? Yeah. But, you know, we're, 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 we're hyper-speculating off of a conversation that other people were having, so I don't want to get too wrapped up into this. Uh, but just to let you know that, because right. um, it's interesting because the important part is we did not see this in Chile. In fact, we saw, um, you know, player one, player two, and player three of this 26-person tournament were all Scorpion players. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know what the local Chile scene is. I don't know how to tune into the world meta. And maybe and there's maybe a conversation about like different parts of the world and different regions having very different metas that maybe that deck was there and it just could not compete to what these Chile players were doing. Not just the top Scorpion players, but everyone else in the cut. I super don't know information because like I said, I haven't been able to find information about this Kota or this uh, Grand Championship anywhere. Uh, even um, well, Imperial Advisor is usually really good at giving uh, uh, tournament breakdowns. They don't have, seem to have any reporting on it. So I don't know. I'm just kind of guessing. Well, so I just I just went ahead and looked at the uh, player play his, the player history of the top four players, mm-hmm. and they are clan loyal. So you know, top, everyone in the top four. I'm I'm, look, I'm going back through all their t- past tournament results, and they play the clan that they played at at the GC. So. Okay. Um, I, I'm guessing that that is the meta down there, that there is like a lot of scorpion, so it could be just scorpion heavy. Okay. Well, yeah, like I said, we're speculating right now. I just wanted to yeah. just put out that there, just because, like I said, it, 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 there's a there's a, a, a obvious dissonance where we're sitting here talking about like, oh man, lion's in trouble. Meanwhile, there's a lot of people who are considering like, oh, lion might be very up there, if not the best. Um. I maybe I'll upgrade my opinion to maybe they're not quite as bad as I thought they were. Um, at least for my crane matchup, I'm not overly worried about it. But maybe they're having some like really strong plays against some other clans. So uh, I think you know, pay attention to your major events, Fort Worth te- or LVO. We're going to see some interesting things. Fort oh, Worth. We're going to see a lot. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, we're going to see a lot of lines in LVO. Um, I I did a quick poll and i was told that there's somewhere around six seven lines coming okay and yeah um so in case you haven't realized lvo numbers have are not that high mm. 
But we may have more than Pax Unplugged, though. <laughs> it's a it's an upward <laughs> climb. Uh, it is. Uh, we're still in that season where travel is kind of like squishy. So uh, I'm like holding out hope for some of these things. And I'm like optimistic for uh, some other things. We're going to talk about a major tournament news bomb at the end of this podcast. But first, uh, we got the Clan War box set. Uh, yes. they, well, we didn't get it. The, we have an article from Fantasy Flight called The Looming War, where they take a look at some of the cards that were coming out in the Clan War. And these things are very focused on the multiplayer aspect. Keep in mind, Clan Wars is like a big part of it is focusing on uh, the upcoming multiplayer themes of the game and formats. Um, and a lot of the cards are used, they're, they're not exclu- exclusive. They don't say, hey, only use this in a multiplayer format. Some of them are just very clearly like, oh, this could be used in a standard traditional 1v1 format of the game. And uh, some of them are just like, well, you could slot it in and it would just be terrible. So let's take a look at some oh, yeah. of these ones. Uh, you want to yep. take the lead? Yes. Um, the, so the first card is Slard Village, and this is a five-strength Crab Clan province. Has the Shadowlands and Village trait. Interrupt. When this province is broken, resolve the effect of each ring claimed on it as if you were the attacking player. Now, we were talking about how some cards are Enlightenment only. This is definitely an Enlightenment only card yeah. because if you're playing standard 1v1, you do not have rings on your province. If you do, um, call a judge. Well, well, it, it, it is um, – <laughs> you technically can play this. It's just referring to something that doesn't exist. <laughs> so it's just functionally I mean, blank. Yeah. <laughs> it is a Sure, five if you want a five-strength Earth. Or it is a five-private-strength Earth <laughs> province that does absolutely nothing. If you want nothing. one of those <laughs> that does nothing, go right ahead. <laughs> I'm not going to stop you if I'm playing against you. But uh, yeah, as for what is in the full, here's a weird thing. So uh, uh, we're competitive um, LCG players. I have a hard to make value judges on here. Now, uh, getting some rings, like, so this is a cost five. And let's say I'm assuming if I've gone and claimed some rings, I'm going to put it on this thing. So if you ever try to uh, crack back and take the rings away from me, I'm going to get these rings effects as they are leaving me. That is... Yeah. um. I don't know if, how valuable I find that. It depends on the ring. Like, what are the rings? Yeah, Sukune seems like so-so play. Uh, even before, like, they got much better options. Uh, is because depending on what rings are available, it's hit or miss how valuable she can be. Same thing with this one. Depending on which rings you're able to put on there, I don't know um, if it's any good. And also, if they take this thing and you have no rings on there, it does Nothing. It is just as useful as if it was a 1v1 <laughs> LCG game. Uh, right. But here's the thing, though. Um, and I, I may be wrong on this, but at five strength, this is probably a very desirable province, right? Uh, because you want your provinces to be as strong as possible be, uh, in multiplayer because you are uh, you're you are trying to stop people from breaking your provinces. So you're probably putting a lot of uh, your rings on this province at five strength, right? Because I don't see a lot of other options for crab right now, unless you're running, uh, what's it, uh, ancestral lands or entrenched position mm-hmm. or pilgrimage, right? Um, and pilgrimage really, in effect, pilgrimage in effect really kind of does nothing, right? Um, <clears throat> sure, yep. And pilgrimage does nothing. Uh, entrenched position and ancestral lands. Does nothing in fifty percent of the con- in the conflict. This at least will give you something when it's broken, right? You get to resolve all the ring effects on it, and resolving five ring effects that's kind of pretty. That's uh, that's pretty powerful. So bringing up pilgrimage is actually a perfect example of the different points of view of the you know base game versus this multiplayer format. Um, most re- reasons why you don't. No one really cares about having a high um, province strength is because no one wants their province to be farmed. If you're if there's no mm-hmm. real effect coming on there, that means, oh, I can just keep attacking this province over and over again, you know, gaining value from claiming rings over and over again. So uh, people want there to either have like a really strong effect they could keep doing on your province or have something like uh pilgrimage says like, Oh, you're not gonna be able to farm that one. That's why pilgrimage is so valuable in the core version of this game. 
Um, but if you're in a multiplayer format where you ha might have to defend a single province multiple times, then is having higher province strength better? Um, is there farming going on a lot in these things? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but it is interesting just to see the, the, the difference in value there. Yeah, I think farming is is a lot less of a thing in multiplayer format because remember you when you claim the ring it goes you put it on one of your provinces. If it's your if if you claim one of your rings mm. then you put it in one of your provinces, right? Yeah. So you can't claim you can't declare an attack with that ring again. Yeah. One thing I do know is that like there's not a lot of time in the multiplayer format. Like physically the game might actually take like quite a while depending on but it goes very quickly and you only have like the game is over by turn two maybe turn three just because of how rapidly the rings start moving around so yep. you can't just go like oh i'm just gonna do a like a faint play where i'm just going to make an attack i know is gonna lose or i'm only trying to get the ring effect like you would would frequently do in the base game just because there's not enough time you wasted a turn doing that well you just lost three provinces you know screwing around so right all right yeah but i think this is going i think this is this is going to be a problem that sees plays in uh, enlightenment format um i don't know if it's i don't know whether crab will actually take this over uh um um, um what's that what's defend a wall mm. i don't know um it's possible because i think that it's just uh a different play style I think Defender Wall is still a very good earth province but i think this could be a just a little bit better in uh in enlightenment format Yep. So next one is your clan. Yes, the most perfect clan. Uh, let's see. Model of courtesy. Four province strength. Crane clan province. Interrupt. When a province you control is broken, choose an unbroken province you control. Move a ring claimed on the broken uh, province to the chosen province. This one is a much more obvious and much more pull effect in my opinion because slaughter village we just talked about refers to seeing rings on itself and then you get a the, the effect ring as you're losing them basically so it like reduces the right. effects of a loss this one is actively preventing you from losing the game because if i have rings on many provinces and i lose one well instead of it going away i can just shimmy it over to a different province right and this is one of those things where it doesn't have to be this province that's broken. Yeah. It could be any province that's broken, and the effect would still go off, and you could still trigger the effect. Once per round, but hey, I think that's still pretty powerful, which I think this, um, uh, yeah, uh, so the Scorp Scorpion's getting um, a similar version of this card. Also, Air Province, by the way. Uh, but well, let's talk about this one first. This one, I think, is going to definitely see play, because you really, I think, and yeah. between the two, I think uh, this is I the agree. more powerful uh, Again, not knowing much about multiplayer format, I think this one is very obviously a uh, very useful card to have in that format. And it being Air, I'm not yeah. losing too much I really care about. I don't know if there's, like, some massive swings in um air the air game uh in a multiplayer format but like you like normally get a manicured garden or fertile fields or something of that nature just because you those things do value over time again multiplayer is not really a format where you can expect to have multiple conflicts a whole lot so those things have drastically reducing um um payouts for them this one just like there's like oh you're trying to take my ring you can't have my ring go away right um, I really do like this province. Uh, you're eh, in enlightenment. The one thing you got to worry about is protecting your rings, right? And this is another way that you are protecting your rings. Remember, the goal of one of the victory conditions of enlightenment is to get all yeah. five rings. It's you know, it's which I think is a lot easier than trying to break uh an all of your opponent's stronghold, especially if you're playing like you know a five-player game of enlightenment, you're not going to be able to break all five, pro or, you know, four strongholds, right? It's easier uh, you for you what? to claim five I rings. I just thought of a problem with this card. Cards start face down. Yeah. Provinces start face down. So for this to take effect, I would need my opponent oh, to attack this, flip yes. it, and then presumably I, I would have rings somewhere else already in play for it to work. So I have to defend it and make sure it doesn't crack at least one time, and then it might start doing effects after that fact. 
Oh, now that I'm thinking about this, uh, maybe this is too much setup. I think it's still, I think it's still good. I think it's still good. Um, because again, like you're saying, what other air card are, would you yeah, be in running a, in a, in a in vacuum? You know, for lack of better options, sure. Yeah, because I don't think you guys are going to be. I don't think Crane would actually want would want to run things like Crossfit and Crossing. Yeah, it's air, but it's also air, right? air yeah, only. Air. So that's that's actually a pretty popular card when we're in an air rule. Uh, but I wouldn't switch over, to, or maybe I would. I don't know. Again, multiplayer is weird, so maybe I would uh, prefer that. I mean, there's always uh, air air only. I think could, uh, and I'm theory crafting right now. I think air only would um, would definitely help with your alliances because you can say I'm dishonored. Okay, let's make an let's make a treaty. I'll go ahead and honor that. I'll I'll honor that character. You know your your Shiba Sukune. I'll honor Shiba Sukune if you don't declare any attacks against me for five turns or something like that. I think I think air could be very yeah, powerful, yeah, yeah. like you know with Soul Beyond Reproach. It's possible. It's a possibility. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a it's a thought. Uh, moving um, on to Shadowed Alleyway, a four province strike scorpion province. Uh, reaction after an attack is declared against this province, choose another unbroken non-stronghold province you control. Move a claim ring from this province to the chosen province. Okay, so of the two, of all three of these effects, I think this one is actually the strongest. It's very similar to the crane one, but there's a difference of this is a react to this one being attacked. So I can start a game off and focus on putting at least one ring on here, knowing that I'd be able to Scooby-Doo away at least one time. So this one is the most guaranteed of all th the three ones we've seen so far. Not entirely. Mm. If you're not going first, and this is the first problem that's attacked, it's kind of dead. Um, it's almost kind of dead. Yeah. All of these are one, dead if you, so. if you if you have not right. claimed any rings. Yeah, no, but I, I, I don't know. I still think the crane one's a little bit more powerful than this one, only because that one is kind of like... Just when any province is, it, it, it triggers off any province. This mm. one has to be specifically that this one has to be attacked, and this one has to have rings on it. Yeah, but as I said, the the model of courtesy. That problem with that one is it has to be face up to be effective. Uh, that's an issue. At the, this one, uh, it only works once, but it's a guaranteed once. So it's it's a kind of an interesting. Uh, the way Crane and Scorpion are uh, mirrors, uh, Crane and Scorpion mirror each other. I like how the Crane one is like a more like quality one, but this one's like quick and dirty and gets the job done harder. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of want to know because that that whoever that is in the art, I, she's wearing blue and green, and she's holding a yellow envelope. So is that a crane, a dragon, a lion? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I know that ninja in the background. Yeah, well, we before, all know that so. ninja scorpion. Anyway, um, talk about some sweet art. I really like this next card. Yes, it's a uh, it's Kobo Ijikai Jutsu. Uh, it is a crab clan attachment, uh, zero cost crab clan attachment, plus X military, plus zero political. It's a technique. It has restricted. So that means no more two, no more than two restricted attachments per character, and X is equal to the greatest number of rings claimed by a single opponent. This is definitely enlightenment so, only. I mean, one absolutely is enlightenment only. It's the only way, way it's valuable. Two, again, this art has shows a picture of this warrior woman delivering the sweetest karate kick to the back of an oni's leg. Yes, <laughs> yes, uh, that is kind of like. Um, it's, it's, it's really, really nice. I wish I could see who the artist is. I just saw that it has one influence. So you can splash this if you so choose. So I like this one. It's, it's kind of versatile, uh, where, uh, it, it grows versus like whoever has the most rings on the board. So it doesn't have to necessarily be the person you're up against right at that moment. Um, but Let's see. It is it can it can be either zero or it can go up to four. It can't four. It, mm -hmm. it technically goes up to five the moment that you lose the game. Right. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like it. Um, it's it's cost zero, which is a lot better than Born in War, that unicorn one I think, which kind of does the same thing. Um, 
And I do, I, I, yeah, I, I do wonder if it's like not enough because at the end, it, it, like I need my opponent to have, I need someone on the in this game to have two rings for this to be functionally just a fine katana. So. You word is if my opponent has three rings somewhere, which again, happen, admittedly, does happen rather quickly in multiplayer. Uh, but I need someone to have three rings before this is more valuable than a fine katana. Uh, and at that point, I need to be bringing like more bigger guns to this fight, don't I? I mean, plus I three military is not going to help me that so, much. But uh, here's the other thing. Remember, enlightenment is you gotta get rings in on your provinces, right? And mm. the only way you really can get rings on your provinces is if you attack. Yeah. So if you if your opponent already it's kind of like it is it it definitely is a late game card, but it is probably that thing that will either help you get to five rings or will prevent your opponent from getting to five rings. Well, that's what I'm worried about. Like if we're if my opponent has three to four rings or maybe is going for their fifth ring, is you know plus three plus four uh, military <clears throat> really going to swing the tied that hard i mean maybe legitimately don't it know because be. i don't know like how the ebb and flow of how resources tw tend to swing in multiplayer because like the game core game is designed that you're attacking one person back and forth and there's this little hot potato thing going on back and forth between you and you have to you know divide all your characters assuming there's gonna be four conflicts you might be in way more conflicts and you don't know how to quite divide your assets so plus four military could be a huge boon or it could be not enough depending on right you know is my opponent sending their last you know two two um weak little guy here to just kind of poke me and st steal something or are they sending their super uh, Ichiro tower? We'll see what happens I, with this. We'll I think see. this is, I think this will see some play. I don't think it's going to see a lot of play. I think mm. some play, at least in Enlightenment. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Next card is our uh, glorious friends, the Lion. We have Righteous <laughs> Okoto. Uh, one fake uh, or one fake dynasty character. Two military, zero political, Bushi, one glory. This character gets plus two political while attacking or defending a province with one or more uh, rings claimed on it. it, it um, I, she'll see play yeah. only because she's probably a 2-2 two, two in most times. She's a 2-2 two, two for one. Yeah, 2-2 two, two for one is fine, I guess. I mean, in a world where Lion kind of likes having, having a lot of, like, cheap spuds it's a cheap spud um mm -hmm. it's not really doing more like like lion already have a number of characters who functionally fill this spot right right so i don't know I mean, it, this this is mm, more right. one more of but that. i mean hey it's it's blue numbers right oh, yeah, it likes it, blue it, numbers it grows too political sometimes that's a <laughs> That's a thing it does. It's, I I don't know. I'm trying to see. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too impressed by this, but I I, I can see that it's actually a decent card. Uh, anyway, but not, what's not a decent card is uh, is going to be the next card we're going to talk about just right after this one. Unless you got any more to say about this thing, let's. No, uh, I kind of want to. I kind of want to rip the bandaid off. <laughs> well, just. Remember, remember, Lions Tier 1's now, ladies and gentlemen. We were wrong. Right? Uh, <laughs> so this thing is a two-cost Lion event. Privileged position. Reaction. After honor dials are revealed during the honor bid, each opponent who bid higher than you cannot declare more than one conflict against you this round. Yeah. It's a, uh, it costs two, but it's a one-way uh, winning hostilities. Yeah, this thing will shut down HMT. In case anyone's mm. wondering, um, again, uh, I keep saying this, but don't know multiplayer format very well. But this is very valuable uh, because yeah. they're like, like I said, you could be stuck in a bunch of different situations where you're just getting attacked. Uh, I played a multiplayer game with uh, Max and Jordan the other day, and you know, M Max, you know winning all these events and he's a well-known crowd player and stuff. Me and George just look at each other like, let's dogpile this guy. And Max mm -hmm. doesn't get out of like the first round of that game, right? right. <laughs> this would, uh, is very good. And it also lets, allows you to control oh, yeah. your own resources. A oh lot yeah. Um, too. I mean, even it, I, I think this thing will actually see play in standard because remember, it's not just 
when it's just it's when honor dials are revealed. Um, so it could be during after a duel. If you attack somebody and they duel you, um, and they Toshimoku duel you, and you reveal a one, they reveal a two. Guess what? They're only declaring one conflict. That's a thing. Yeah, that would work. Um, Policy well, debates also um, a thing, right? Sure, but I, I'm stuttering. I don't. You know, maybe this would be something. You know, you go in for your little poke. And you're trying uh-huh. to attack me. Uh, I drop a duel, and then I drop this card right on top of it, assuming you bid higher than me for some reason. Yeah. Um, which, in duel, it's it's you bid five during the draw phase, and you bid one during a duel. That's just the rules. <laughs> Pretty um, much. I think this is a bit harder to get off in that case. Um, or I wonder if this works in conjunction with the cards that alter your... Honor bid. Now you're a judge. You're a rules guy. So if I play contingency plan or I a jitsu master and I lower my bid just for the count of that bid, does that trigger this card? Nope. Um, it will not uh, because contingency plan increases the value of the bid, not the actual bid itself. Okay. So same reason why it wouldn't have. Um, it doesn't trigger things like warm welcome or things like right. that. Okay. All right. Well, still, uh, I agree. This is like very valuable in multiplayer. Might see play in um, uh, normal play, especially <clears throat> since Lion have that one tactician guy. Can't quite remember who allows you to draw a card if you bid under. So you see these lions bidding right. for then uh, taking an honor real quick. Right. Uh, I, think it's I can see this. Sure. I can see this being played, and it also allows Lion to. F- put all their money into like, well, I'm going to attack a military. You're, you're not going to take two of my provinces right. back. Uh, next card we have is a diversionary maneuver. It's a two cost unicorn uh, event. It has the tactic trait and action during a military conflict in which you are the attacking player. Choose an eligible province, not currently being attacked. Bow and move home each participating character. Move the conflict to the chosen province and reveal it. If able, move any number of ready characters you control to the conflict. Then your opponent does so as well. I... Okay. Sending home and bowing people may sound brutal. Mm. I mean, this is not only a hitting your opponent, but it's also hitting you. So what's the WTF? This is very interesting because, again, mm-hmm. this is a card that will actually work in both multiplayer and in the normal play because yes. of all of Lion's movement tactics. It was like you send a fake attack and you do this. But I like how it says, choose an eligible province not currently being attacked. Um, it doesn't say if it was like the opponent that you attacked before. So I can go like, right. hey, Sar, help me attack Jordan. Let's commit all these resources to it. And we do that. I'm like, oh, wait, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to attack one of you. I wonder if I could have him attack right. your province. It could be. It says uh, move the uh, move the conflict to chosen to the chosen uh, province. Choose an eligible province not currently being attacked. So it's uh, eligible province means any unbroken province. Basically. Can I attack It does my not own say province. you're a, not an eligible province you control. So, yeah. Huh. Now I'm trying to think of what kind of jake I could do by forcing people to attack me. Like, hey, you guys want to go to my upholding authority? You want to go to my dishonorable assault? Oh, you only have one honor and there's like two dishonored characters on the board? <laughs> Sorry, not dishonorable assault. Um, abandoning honor. Oh, no, wait. Because that, that wouldn't quite work because it's uh, I, I mean, can move <clears throat> my characters in. My, then my opponent gets to choose if they want to commit anything so i can't like force my opponent into yeah. attacking me <laughs> not without some look it it could mm. it could save a break at the very least if your opponent chooses not to defend any not to defend any uh yeah not to defend uh, the province or you know if you if you guys if you know that somebody's about to uh to win and uh your opponent for some reason attacks you you could just send this. Uh, you could send a conflict to the guy that has four rings on one province, especially with move with unicorns moving tech. They could just, you know, 
attack with a mortal outrider, send home bow everyone, move mortal outrider back into conflict, and uh, stand him up. And all of a sudden, you got an unopposed free guy. Let's see. This next card sees the day, one fate event. Um, reduce the cost to play this card by one if you have two or more opponents. Reaction. If the conflict phase begins, you become the first player. Um, interesting, because Unicorn has a I want to be the first player card, and it's terrible. But in multiplayer, yeah. uh, being player number one is, has a number of strategic advantages, so that's a thing. Right, right. Uh, it's, um... Being first in multiplayer is actually very important. is is pretty powerful because that lets you that's kind of set you lets you set the pace. And again, we were talking about cards like you know that are absolutely worthless if you don't have rings on them. Then all of a sudden, this mm. kind of lets you grab the ring first, right? Um, so I can also see this in uh, in normal play too, because sometimes you know there's fate on rings. Mm. that you want to get uh i I get i I don't know know, like if it was worthwhile i think someone would have tried it at some point in the old uh the the standard version of the game but yeah if i've got four rings and i really need if i just need to attack first to win or maybe there's some other set i could maybe see it i think it's still a bit too situational to see widespread prey but uh, it's a possibility you know not opposed to it I'm a bit more opposed to the artwork, mm-hmm. which one is we have cranes versus lion with some epic uh, uh, thunder in the background, seeing to be summoned by a Ooh, what, is that Shugenja? That, that's Kaede. I don't know. I don't know. It's it. Well, it's 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 not a natural yeah. Shugenja. It's not a natural uh, lightning. It's 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 it looks like it's invoked. It's on a unicorn, and yeah, I don't know who. That is, I kind of want, I, I want, I want to see. Well, I can tell you who the crane is. The, the, the crane is definitely Kiwanin, and I don't know what this freaking idiot is doing on this, like, super epic thunder swept battlefield. <laughs> he's about, about to have a bad day. <laughs> That's what he's doing. If he, if Kiwanin's in art, that means he's still alive, and that's unfortunate for the crane clan. <laughs> <laughs> that is really, yeah, really unfortunate for you guys. Anyway, uh, well, yeah, anyway, I, I, again, I can see this in Enlightenment. Not sure if I could see this in Standard. I think I it has some merit. I can't think of too many situations where going first. There are some situations where, like, we're both, uh, you know, have, we're down to our uh, our strongholds. And whoever attacks first is basically going to be the winner. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been a few games I've lost. Like, oh, man, if I was the first player right. to the second player right now, it'd be a much different situation. Um, but even those are, like, such, like, rare situations that I wouldn't pour, put a, an entire card slot in it to mitigate get that. Get it. Uh, I get it. All right. So the last yeah. card we have, right? It's uh, Hige Sermon. It's a zero-cost neutral event, uh, Heresy. It has the limited keyword, which means no more than one limited card can be played by each player each round. And action. During the draw phase, each player in turn order chooses a different character they do not control. Bow each of those characters. This is definitely something that might see play in multiplayer, might see play in normal games. Uh obviously more valuable in swarm and wide board formats than towers. Right. Um, here's the thing though. You have each, every player has to have a character in order for you to be able to use this card. So it's actually a lot easier to use in standard than it is in multiplayer. Well, there's, Easy, sure, but like if I ha- like if I'm sitting here and I want to build a super tower, there's like not much from you choosing <laughs> to take this thing down. You know, you can lose a relatively like doesn't matter what I choose on right. your end. I'm gonna choose something some piddly, uh, tiny character. And you're not gonna be too much worse for wear. Um, me on the other hand, with my big super tower, I'm in trouble with this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, ready for battle? Maybe a go to splash for yeah, uh, when we're back with for ready for battle. Plans. We've got the. Uh, the fan is the command where it's like, well, I'm just going to use one of my unbows now. Right. Yeah. I, and 
it's it's a thing. It's one less unbound you have, and that could, you know... Like, I was playing a game the other day where it's like, if you can bow me twice, I lose the game, and I was able to bow him twice. But yeah, I think... Um, I do think this is going to see a lot of play uh, in both formats of the game, and I don't think I would play it because... I'm not going to give you an opportunity to uh, bow my most powerful duelist, but um, yeah, uh, it could be really bad. <laughs> no, uh, I think Unitron is going to run it. Uh, Phoenix may want to run it because, sure, you bow my Shugenjas against I think the waves. Kravitz is absolutely going to run this. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, let's see. Lion's going to run it. Kravitz is definitely going to run it. Dragon? <laughs> I don't know. They are. May, I, th- I think this is a very early game card for Dragon. Uh, I, I don't know. I, maybe in Dragon Monks, I don't know, because Dragon is still... Pre- Dragon is a, still a tower deck, as far as we can tell, but um, without any of the <laughs> protections and unbowed tricks that other decks have. So, like, I buy a right. Ratsugu with four fight. Okay, bow him. Uh. Well, I've lost the game. <laughs> So, so that's a that's a look for at the co- multiplayer focused cards in Clan War. Again, I think Tyler said in an interview that like twenty percent of the cards are exclusively focused on multiplayer. Uh, the rest of them are pretty universal. They have a, a a leaning towards being used in multiplayer setting, but perfectly viable in a normal set. Um, so I wouldn't look for any cards that are like right. there to answer key issues in the normal meta but i definitely think everyone's going to find something they can use and you know deck building our uh, opportunities are abound so i'm looking forward to it right uh, and i think like uh, children of the empire with that just kind of like bolsters and up the dueling content uh and i mean we see some cards come into play in uh in standard out of children of the empire but most of it is kind of like our very mm-hmm. niche cards specifically to dueling so i mean obviously we see i mean uona is probably like the prime example that we see out of that box but um all the other uh cards are pretty like dueling focused i think we're going to see some pretty powerful characters come out of this too i don't know who yet uh but uh but most of this is for enlightenment let's see moving right along uh let's talk about the last thing on our agenda which is the ama with alex Watkins that happened earlier today Alice Watkins is the head of yeah. organized play at Fantasy Flight Games, and he went on there to talk about uh, organized play and what their plans are for the upcoming year and where they're kind of standing right now. Uh, what did you think of this interview that he did? By the way, if you could check out this interview on uh, Fantasy Flight's uh, Twitch page, you guys go check this out. We're not going to recap every single topic they bring out there, yep. especially since the L5R focus segment is kind of like relatively small but we got our we got a fair shake of our uh, a leg compared to mm-hmm. some other events so i liked it yeah no uh we got um we we, we got some decent time we got some decent air time for l5r uh i like that uh you know he he they they kind of owned up to things like uh the fact that only 30 percent mm-hmm. of world's invite was claimed for l5r versus 90 percent for other games which is mm, i didn't uh, that was kind of that was kind of like those are numbers that I did not expect. Um, I, I did not even wasn't aware of that thing. So that means like of all the invite like the world's invitations that were went out and were actually won, very few of them were actually claimed. Is that correct? Only thirty percent. Hmm. Oh yeah, only thirty percent were claimed. Yeah, which uh, which is why I think um, the LCQ was uh, so everyone that was in the LCQ kind of made it because there was just that many seats available. Um, for uh that was that uh that was open for it so uh i don't know uh they they did say that the reason they one reason they uh was that uh the world's invite was announced i'm sorry the date for worlds was announced late so a lot of people had difficulty trying to make the uh the um the trip out to minnesota but uh they also talked about how uh the dates for the European co-ties, the uh, the store European co-ties, uh, should be announced cool, shortly. Cool. Um, but the uh, the big thing is that World's 2020 Winter Court will not be in the United States. It's going to be in Spain, which is weird because we all know that Spain is solidly unicorn territory. 
And the Phoenix are supposed to be hosting Ritter. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no. Uh, so uh, the Madrid uh, World Championship is going to be at Game On Madrid, but we don't have dates for that yet because uh, the foot, the European football season hasn't. I'm sorry, the Spanish football season hasn't been announced. And we all know how fanatic they are with their uh, oh, football. Yeah. So they're going to try to choose a date to kind of avoid yeah. those events. So. Yeah. So, um, so we're looking forward to that. So whenever Game on Madrid is, that's when uh, Winter Court's going to be. Uh, so the Europeans obviously are pretty happy. Um, haven't seen too much reaction from uh, from uh, North American players yet. Uh, but uh, I've, by the way. In case anyone's wondering, I've already spoken to uh, FFG, and they said that there could be a chance that I'll be able to judge it. So see you there. Are they going to fly you out there? Are you going to do it your own money? We don't know yet. So either way, I'm probably going to be there. (laughs) Hey, hey, here's the thing. If I don't get to judge it, I may be able to play this time. And y'all can see just how bad I am at this game. Well, that's exciting. I tell you what, um, Madrid has always been one of the bastions of this game. Alphavar has always been hugely popular over there. It's routinely one of our biggest uh, attended events and stuff. So if anyone outside of the U.S. deserves a premier event like this, it's definitely Madrid. And you know, it's not the first time they've been recognized. As Watkins pointed out, uh, they've hosted world championships and major events there before. So it's it's not it's not unusual. Right. So, I mean, I think really you went there, huh? Uh, Anyway, uh, so with Destiny (laughs) ending and with everything else that has happened in the the FFG world. So a lot of people were kind of worried about what the future of L5R. I think this is actually a very good sign for the longevity of L5R. Right. Um, I think this is just like FFG showing that they actually want to try something. And this is the first I think this is the first game that uh, L5R, I'm sorry, that FFG has done outside, that has a world championship outside of the United States. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... I'm not familiar yeah, with Yeah, I'm not either, but I believe that. most of their uh, world championship have been has been in Minnesota or hmm. thereabouts. So if this is... If this is, go- if this is successful, if this goes off well, you know, it could bode very well for uh, other world championship happening at, in other places uh, in the world. Hmm. Who knows? You, we can even get a Tokyo Winter Court someday. Don't hold your breath because that is going to be hella expensive. Does Does anyone play Alphavar in Tokyo? Or the card's not even printed in Japanese. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, the card is not even printed in Japanese. This Japanese influenced game is not printed in Japanese or played in the Japan. Ga- the card that's, game is the card game thing. is printed in Chinese, but it's not printed in Japanese. Okay. That's a, okay. Believe me, I looked. <laughs> I uh, looked. That's a thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I recommend you check out uh, Alex Watkins' interview. It's only an hour long. Um, I, As you mentioned, he uh, is rather candid saying, like, hey, there are things that Fantasy Flight screwed up on their end. Um, he's very professional and saying, like, there's parts of Fantasy Flight screwed up. There's parts where they had to rely on uh, third-party distributors who severely dropped the ball. Uh, but you know when they're screwing up half of the pie, and they're screw- uh, other people are sc- dropping the other half of the pie. Well, there's no pie. <laughs> Everyone's just having a bad time. But uh, as I've been saying for a while, uh, a lot of it is growing pains. Uh, again, keep everyone keep in mind: Alex Watkins, Matt Holland. Uh, I don't know how long Jimmy Lee's been there, but uh, this organized play team in its current form. There's been there a relatively limited amount of time, and they've had to try to revamp all of the games and restructure things and put things forth. So they're still coming to terms with it. I think we're starting to see the fruits of what they've been planning. They mentioned uh, a new website. They've been talking about a website on the a new website on the way for a while. Um, oh, it's something that's really important. Uh, one of my criticisms with fantasy flights as a corporation's business model is why do we have a so of course you have an organized play director who's in charge of all of organized play but these people are also the ground troops dealing with each game individually and it's very difficult to get into the nuances of like 
every individual community because they're they're not all the same. They have their own nuances and particulars, especially L5R. We are notoriously... We are the neurotic one. <laughs> we are the most... <laughs> we need to be babied I, a lot. Here's the thing. It's like... <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, when is the L5R community not pissed off at FFG, <laughs> right? Uh, but he mentioned that uh, while Tyler is still the lead designer, and I believe still the, the story team, I, I'm going to check with him uh, in a bit. Uh, he also has a more hands-on approach to the prizes and the, the organized play side of the L5R ring. So he's not part of the OP team, but he's like playing in that sandbox a whole lot so tyler for this point tyler parrot is still for the most part like checkpoint alpha for all things l5r even with uh, our, our good friend katrina ostrander who has uh recently resume uh got a new job over there uh as the creative deck uh director for all of their games not l5r in particular and stuff but we all know she's a huge l5r fan and stuff and a star wars fan she, she loves all those games honestly she's really passionate right. about her star wars now, stuff now yeah just to uh, piggyback on what you said about tyler i mean he did say the reason he decided to do to drop so much errata this time around was because he knew those cards was coming from op mm. so he can go ahead and you know get those errata version in people's hands mm. yep, yep, yep. so uh good things coming let us wrap yeah, up this. I'm really, I, oh. yeah, like I said, I'm really just excited about the year that's coming up. Yeah. And uh, and yes, there are more U.S. dates coming for U.S. Kotai. So yeah. um, just, uh, just please, guys, be patient. I know everyone wants to know the information now to plan travel. Um, but this is, uh, honestly, this is not something that we can, that we can fault FFG or Yeti for because it's not, it's the balls right now. It's not in their court right now. The ball really is in the venues court. They're trying to find venues that will be able to host all of us neuro neurotic butts. <laughs> yeah, all for being patient. As long as they don't, they, they say the events are coming soon. As long as they don't come out tomorrow and say, oh, by the way, there's a, there's a major Kotai event going on this weekend, you know, which sounds like a ridiculous hyperbolic uh, statement, but it's happened before, so <laughs> let's not get too crazy. Yeah, okay, fair. But, I don't think it's going to happen, but again, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, to close things out, let's give a, a shout out to our sister podcast, the uh, Court Games RPG podcast, hosted by our good friends Kovar and Kikita Kaori. Uh, they, uh, I don't think any major story bombs have happened recently, which is kind of a, a light week. They've been getting a lot of love over there yeah, recently. I mean, I'm still, uh, <sighs> why do you gotta do that to my girl Suki though? I mean, why do you gotta do my girl like that dirty? I mean, was she your girl? I mean, she's had like no story interactions at all up to this point. So no, she has been I'm... in every, I, I, I made sure she was in every single Phoenix deck I made. Okay, you're... <laughs> because one, I, I I love her freaking art. Okay, her art is amazing, and her ability. I just have to somebody just has to get the water ring, and she can honor herself. Great. I'm sorry they gave her a story and a person. She just wanted to write her books. She just wanted to write in her books, dude. <laughs> she can still write books, just in a different fashion. To find out that fashion. Go check out the fictions or lead the synopsis uh, that our sister podcast is going to have. Uh, also, if you're listening to this, uh, we have a Patreon. The Patreon goes to support this podcast, the other podcast, Discord, and all the other uh, endeavors that Seabass is running, including his monthly giveaways. Yeah, uh, don't know what it is this month because I really kind of don't pay attention. I probably should, um, but I've been a little bit too busy with the... Uh, uh, with LVO and uh, getting things ready for the Kotai's season, uh, trying to get judges lined up and everything else, making sure that every that making sure. See, here's my mission: in when I go out to judge these events, my mission is to make sure that the L5R community has a good time. If anything else, I want you, the players, to have a good time. I love the love the feeling. If you're uh, looking for a judge, might I recommend my shout out of the week? Judge Judy. Yeah, judge. she is. You know, um, you know, she can tell the difference between rains and piss. <laughs> anyway, that is, and I think that is all for this week. I hope you guys have a great week. If you guys are in Vegas and you're listening to this, uh, say hi to me. I'll, I love to 
you know, just let me know. Or, um, you know, just tell me what do you think I got wrong, and then I will go ahead and take an hour to explain why you're wrong. Uh, oh, I don't know if you want to open that Pandora's box, Sar. <laughs> I think there's people outside waiting with socks full of quarters. We can go outside. I mean, we're going to be in Vegas. There's probably a ring somewhere. All right. So with that said, I hope to see you guys next week. We're trying to do this weekly now. So let's see if we can keep up the schedule. We'll try it. And uh, hope you guys have a great day. Hope you guys have a great week. Um, If you're traveling, drive safe, fly safe. Hope you have a safe trip. And we'll see you um, when we see you. Sayonara.